These have been challenging times, but the body of Christ has proven itself resilient. We've gathered in different ways, in different places, yet stood steadfast as the church. We have found peace in God's promise to never leave us or forsake us. In our separation, we have remained united. In our struggle, we have lived out our faith. In the midst of the unknown, we have leaned on the strength of an all-knowing God. Throughout history, the church has thrived in adversity. And this moment is no different. The power of God is unstoppable. His love unending. His grace unrelenting. His glory undeniable. Today, no matter where we gather, we remain God's people. Our mission has not changed. Our calling has not been altered. And nothing, absolutely nothing, will ever change that. We are the church. And today, we stand resilient. Uh, 2020 has been a really challenging year, uh, I'm sure you'll all agree. This worldwide pandemic has impacted all of our lives. But it's great to know that even in times like these, we can stand strong and we can stand steadfast as a community of God's people. We don't need to give up and we don't need to give in. With God's power, we can be resilient in the face of intense pressure. That's what the church in Thessalonica was like. Their trouble wasn't caused by a pandemic, but it was caused by persecution. They'd done nothing wrong. In fact, they'd honoured the Lord. And yet, they were suffering severely. But despite all of this, these Christians in Thessalonica, they weren't overwhelmed by despair or discouragement. They didn't reject Paul. They didn't give up on following Jesus. Instead, they continued in their faith. In fact, Paul could say about them in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 6, that you welcomed the message with joy given by the Holy Spirit. In spite of severe suffering, they could experience joy. So how was that possible? How could these Christians face injustice without losing hope? How could they suffer so much and still experience joy? How could they be so resilient when things got so tough? Well, in this next section of First Thessalonians, I want us to see four reasons for resilience. And hopefully they can help us in our lives too. So Treve is going to read for us this morning. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, 13 to 16. And we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of man, but as it actually is the word of God which is at work in you who believe. 
For you, brothers, became imitators of God's churches in Judea, which are in Christ Jesus. You suffered from your own countrymen the same things those churches suffered from the Jews, who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and also drove us out. They displease God and are hostile to all men in their efforts to keep us from speaking to the Gentiles, so that they may be saved. In this way, they always keep up their sins to the limit. The wrath of God has come upon them at last. So the first reason for resilience that we have in this passage is because the gospel is supernatural. Paul said this, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. We also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as it actually is the word of God. Paul had carried the good news to the city of Thessalonica. He had preached it and he had taught it in public and in private. And these Thessalonians had received it, hearing it with their ears, and they had accepted it, welcoming it with their hearts. They put their trust in it. They staked their lives on it. But they didn't do this because it was Paul's message. They didn't accept it as his thoughts or his opinions or his ideas. They didn't welcome it as an idea thought up on in a college somewhere or written in some book. Instead, they saw this as a revelation from God. They received it as the word of God. And this is what made Paul thank God. Because he knew the difference that this made. Had this message just been the word of men, then it wouldn't have been worth suffering for. It wouldn't have been worth facing uh, or being falsely accused for or being going to prison for. It wouldn't have been worth denying themselves and laying down their lives for. But since this message really is the word of God, then it was worth all of that and more. This is why they welcomed the message. This is why they put their trust in it. This is why they held on to it, despite all the trouble and the difficulty that it brought them. And it's the same for us today. Folks, if we think this this book, the Bible, and the gospel that it contains was just written some, by some wise people, then it's worth reading as long as we find it helpful. But whenever life gets tough, or things get too challenging, or we find something more interesting, we're just going to walk away. We're just going to turn our back on it. But if we accept that the gospel is the word of God, then we won't really want to go anywhere else. In fact, the more challenges that we face, the more struggles that we experience, the more that we turn, the more difficulties we experience in our lives, the more we'll turn to the gospel. The more we'll stand in it and hold on to it. Why is that? 
Why is it so important to realise that the Bible, the, the gospel that it contains, is the word of God? Well, if it's God's word, then that means that the Bible, the gospel, is perfect. If the gospel was just written by some people, then it may contain some truth in it, but it would also contain some mistakes. People make mistakes. People get things wrong. But the gospel is the word of God. So it's completely true. Because God is the God of truth. It's impossible for God to lie. So his word is completely dependable and completely trustworthy. This is what Psalm 33 says. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. We can stand in this knowing that we stand in the truth. This also means though that the gospel is permanent. The ideas and the opinions of people are forever changing. What people thought was helpful in the past is rejected today. Society's ethics and morals are changing. What one generation commends, another generation condemns, and vice versa. But the gospel is God's word, and so it never changes. Your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. So we can confidently trust in the gospel, whatever we face. Because we know that it's relevant, it's helpful, it's right, it's good, and forever. It will never need to be updated, revised, or improved. It is the living and enduring word of God. But the gospel isn't just perfect, and it's not just permanent, but it's also powerful. As the word of God, it is the power of God to transform lives. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. The word power here is the Greek word dynamis. And it's from that word that we get the English word dynamite. So the gospel is the explosive power of God to destroy the prison of sin and death, to set us free from the condemnation that we deserve. And to bring us into God's kingdom. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. The son of God's unique birth. His perfect life. His sacrificial death. His victorious resurrection. His glorious ascension. And because of this, then all who put their trust in him will be saved. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And so folks, if we've trusted in Jesus, that power, 
doesn't only come to forgive us our sins. It also transforms our lives. It increasingly makes us more like Jesus. This is what the word of God can do in our lives. Paul writes to Timothy, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. What an amazing privilege we have this morning to have this word of God in our hands. So the Thessalonians, they'd received God's word And they'd welcomed it into their lives. And so Paul could say, it is at work in you who believe. This was something that was powerful, that was impactful, that was transforming their lives. The gospel is the dynamite of God to save us and to transform our lives. And that means that it's incredibly precious. Listen to what Psalm 119 says. The law from your mouth is more precious to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold. In difficult times, we hold on to what we treasure the most. For some people, that's family. That's relationships. For other people, it's money and possessions. For others, it's safety and comfort. But if the gospel truly is the word of God, then it's more precious than any of those things. It is worth losing everything for. Because if we only have God's word, then we have everything that we need. Paul said that I consider my life worth nothing to me. If I only may finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given to me. The task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Paul was willing to keep on standing in the truth of the gospel and sharing it with whoever he could. Because even though it cost him so much, he recognized how precious the gospel truly was. So folks, this is the Word of God. It is perfect. Completely true and dependable. It is permanent, never changing, always relevant. It is powerful, the dynamite of God to save sinners and transform lives. It is precious. More valuable than anything that this world can offer. And if we believe that, then we too can stand strong, no matter what's happening around us in our world. Because we have the words of eternal life. So we can stand resilient because the gospel is supernatural. But of course, that doesn't make life easy. These Thessalonians that Paul was writing to here were suffering. But when Paul writes here, he's not discouraged by their suffering. 
He isn't panicked by it. In fact, instead he saw in their suffering a further reason for gratitude. He thanked God that they accepted his word as God's word. But he knew that they'd done this for you, brothers, he says in verse 14, became imitators of God's churches in Judea, which are in Christ Jesus. Paul saw the evidence of their faith because they were following the example of God's people elsewhere. They looked like believers. They were living like Christians. But what Paul is thinking about here isn't because they were living some kind of victorious or successful life. It wasn't because they'd come for an ease or or prosperity in their lives or anything like that. It was actually because of their suffering. Verse 14 again, you brothers became imitators of God's churches in Judea, which are in Christ Jesus. You suffered from your own countrymen the same things those churches suffered from the Jews. Paul gave thanks to God because he knew that these these Christians were true believers in Jesus, true followers of Christ, because they were suffering opposition and ridicule and harassment and persecution, and yet they were still experiencing the joy that the Holy Spirit had given them. And that has always been the mark of God's people. Paul said that these Christian, the Christians in Judea, they were suffering at the hands of the Jews. The Jews who were the ones who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and also drove us out. Down through the centuries, rebellious people from the nation of Israel had attacked and killed many of God's prophets. The prophets that God had sent to them. This is what Jesus said about the city of Jerusalem. Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. So the Jews, down to the centuries, had killed God's prophets. And when God sent his own son, they turned against them as well. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him, John writes in chapter 1 of his book, of his gospel. These people, these Jews, they were waiting for the Messiah, but when the Messiah came, they rejected him. They ridiculed him, they falsely accused him, they condemned him, and they handed him over to be killed on a cross. And even after that, they still continued to oppose the gospel by persecuting Paul and the rest of the apostles. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul summarizes some of the suffering, some of the persecution that he experienced in his life and ministry. And he says there that five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. And the list just goes on and on. So all throughout history, God's people have suffered. And the Bible says that they always will. 
Jesus promised, in this world you will have trouble. And Paul promised that everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Now that might sound like bad news this morning. And it really is a tough message, I guess. But it's but for us, it's actually a reason for resilience. When things go wrong, when we face tough times, when people are against us, when life gets painful and difficult and hard, as believers, we don't need to panic. We don't need to somehow think that we must have got things wrong. We don't need to doubt, thinking that God must have abandoned us or abandoned his promises. Instead, even in the most difficult of times, we can know that this is what we're called to. This is what it means to follow Jesus. And so we can be encouraged by seeing this as a confirmation of our identity with Christ. This is what Paul write, Peter writes in his letter, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 20. If you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. So today we can stand strong, knowing that God's people have always suffered. And yet God has always been faithful to them. And he has always worked through their suffering and accomplished his purpose and his plan for this world. Do you remember Joseph? That guy who, was, who, was, who suffered so much at the hands of his brothers? And yet at the end, near the end of his life, he was able to say to them, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. And if we hold on to that truth, folks, then we can say with Paul that we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. We can look back at the lives of God's prophets, God's apostles, his churches, and especially at the life of his son. And we can see how God has brought good out of their suffering. And so we can trust that God will do the same in our lives. We can keep on going because we know that God is always Working for our good. So we can be resilient because the gospel is supernatural and because God's people are suffering. But we can also be resilient because we know that this suffering won't last forever. One day, God will sort all of this out because his judgment is sure. God works through suffering and persecution, but those who cause it, they are in great danger. They displease God 
and are hostile to all men. Those who oppose the work of God, of the gospel, they are opposing God. They are setting themselves up against God himself. And they are also hurting other people. Because they are preventing them from hearing the message of this, of salvation. Like the religious leaders of Jesus' day that Jesus condemned, he said, you shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those who enter who are trying to. And so God holds them responsible for their actions. They stand guilty before him. As as Paul says in verse 16, they always keep up their sins to the limit. God is keeping a record of their sins. And when they have reached the full measure, God's judgment will fall on them. Verse 16 again, the wrath of God has come upon them at last. These persecutors of Christians, they seem to be, seem to have been thriving while the Christians were suffering. But at the right time, when God says enough is enough, they will face the full consequences of their actions. God's righteous anger against them will be poured out in full. Now, of course, this is not something that we should gloat about. We shouldn't rejoice in people's condemnation. Paul didn't. It broke Paul's heart that people of his own nation were heading to a lost eternity. And he desperately longed for their salvation. He says in Romans chapter 10 that my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. But the reality of God's coming judgment did give Paul the resilience to keep on going in the face of injustice or opposition or persecution because he knew that one day God would sort it all out. This is what Jesus did when he faced his accusers, his false accusers, when he was put on trial. Again, Peter says this in 1 Peter chapter 2. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. So when we're attacked, or when we're rejected, or when we're ridiculed, we don't need to retaliate, we don't need to run away, we can stand strong. Because we know that one day, God is going to sort it all out. He will right all wrongs. Because God's judgment is sure. But you know, if that was the whole story, then it might fill our hearts with fear and dread too. 
Because in of ourselves, we too stand guilty before God. We too have rebelled against his rule and his reign in our lives. But if we have trusted in Jesus, we can rejoice. Because although God's judgment is sure, our future, as people who have trusted in Jesus, who have received his salvation, our future is spectacular. Yes, God's wrath is coming. But we are among those, if we have trusted in Jesus, we are among those who wait for his son from heaven. Jesus who rescues us from the coming wrath. We deserved to be condemned, but because of Jesus, we are forgiven. We deserve to be rejected, but because of Jesus, we are accepted. We deserve hell, but because of Jesus, we have a guaranteed place in heaven. So no matter what we're going through just now, we can keep on going because we know that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. So folks, this year has been a tough year and it continues to be a tough year. But we don't need to panic in these difficult times. We don't need to fall apart. We don't need to run away. We don't need to give up on following Jesus. Because we can be resilient. Because we have received a supernatural message. The perfect, permanent, powerful and precious word of God. And so we've been brought into the community of God's suffering people. Who know that God is always working for our good. So although God's enemies can face a serious and sure judgment. We can look forward to a spectacular future. With Jesus. Who is coming back for us. Let's pray. Father God, I really thank you. Thank you so much for this wonderful uh, reminder that we can rest in you, that we can trust in you, even in the challenging times that we face in our lives. Father, thank you for this this wonderful revelation of your truth that you have you have given to us. This wonderful gospel that stands strong, that stands uh, time after time, year after year. That stands the test of all of the changing attitudes and, and, and thoughts of, of, of our society. That we can rest on, that we can trust in, that we can know is powerful enough to save us, to rescue us and to transform our lives. Thank you Lord that for those of us who have put our trust in Jesus. We are, we are counted as being part of your people, Lord. And although that we will face suffering in this world, we can rejoice that Jesus has overcome this world and he will come for us one day to bring us into that spectacular future that is to come. But because he's coming back, we can know that God will, 
that you will one day sort out all of the issues and all of the injustices in this world. Yes, Lord, there are so many of us who are suffering because of the sin in this world, because of the the attitude of others, because of the attacks of others, Lord. Lord, but we, we, we rejoice that one day you are going to come back and you are going to right all of those wrongs. And you are going to judge the world. But you are going to rescue your people. And you are going to take us to be with you forever. So Lord, in this difficult time, in this challenging situation, Lord, in this tough year, help us to stand resilient, Lord. Help us to keep on going, to be strong and steadfast, not in our own strength, but in you, in our faith in you, in our commitment to you, in our dependence on you. Lord, come and give us the strength that we need to keep on following you and keep on serving you and keep on sharing this glorious gospel with all those around us. Because we know that the gospel is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. In Jesus' name we pray.